Get it. Hey, hey. What's up, man? Hey, man. How's it going? I'm good, oh. I'm good. Um, I just finished watching Black Widow and rushed to the studio. <laughs> yeah, um, that movie was longer than we thought it, all thought it was. Yeah, it was like two hours and ten minutes or something. Yeah. It's quite long. Very long. Um, but yeah. Um, so today's the 15th episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we should let people know uh, why it's special. Why is it special? Because this is our last Hell. episode. <laughs> it's the last episode for season one. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a break and then we'll probably come back maybe end of July or August um, because we also need to play a fuck ton of games too. We do. Oh man, there's so many games out there coming out. Uh, A lot of games are also coming out especially because the new consoles and the whole E3 thing that we did. I mean, the future of the games are there and we're planning to obviously also get new guests and things so we're also lining that up. Yep. But yeah, what game are you playing right now? Oh, so last week I finished um, the Star Wars um, Falling Order. Oh yeah, the, it was a difficult game. I remember yeah, 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 pretty so good. It, yeah, nice. pretty good story. It's shockingly good. I'm like, wow, this is the best Star Wars games I've played. I've played in a while. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Like, wow, good story. Everything was good. I'm like, wow, this is pretty good. good yeah. So I'll, I'll give it a thumbs up if you want to try it out. Definitely. And buy. So I am playing um, this new game, Detroit. Not new, but old. It's pretty like two, three years old. I think. Yeah, Detroit becoming mankind. If you're not becoming human. Becoming human. Yeah. yeah. Detroit becoming human. Yeah. So yes, yeah, the guys who made. The games like Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, Indigo Prophecy, yeah, basically Quick a, Time, basically like heavy choice based games. Right? Yeah, very yeah. true. I have, I've, I have the, I bought the game when it came out. I don't know, I still not played it, but yeah, is <laughs> there? We'll play, we'll play one day. Oh yeah, it's good, it's good. I got it on sale, and I'm like, okay, let me try and see how it's like. Lovely game, great game. Did you I, finished it? Yeah, I finished it. I finished it wow, last two weeks. Man. Better, yeah. yeah, I know. I finished last week because I was obsessed with it. I was like the yeah. story's like, ooh, is it I, very long? Um, not really. You can play like in one day. You can finish in one day if you want to. Wow. If you want to. But the story is really good and you want to finish, see how it ends. And so okay. you keep playing and playing. Oh, interesting. And th- there are a lot of options. Like, not a lot, but there, it's, the game ends in, like, yeah, there's it has different mo- endings. Yeah, there's right? multiple endings. And what I like about it is that after you finish like each level, mm-hmm. they'll show you the choices you could have made. So they give you this flow chart. It's like, hey, if you if you made this choice, you could have gone this way compared to what you made, and actually compared to other people's choices, like they give you a world cho- a world stat. Okay. Like people made this choice, sixty percent made this choice compared to like five percent, and it's like wow, nice. It's like it's, it's I really like, cool. I like how that. I like yeah, that, so it know. makes you want to go play the game again, again. and see what happens if you made this choice. Are you planning to do a run through? I've started again, oh, okay. um, making different choices. Like yes. Yeah, there are definitely different circumstances where you make different choices. I'm like, wow, I didn't know this nice, could happen. Nice, nice, nice. I am playing... So I kind of paused Oxen Free. That's a very short game. Mm. Um, I kind of got stuck somewhere, so I'm trying to like, you know, uns- and get unstuck. Mm. <laughs> um, but I put that on hold. And I've, it's it's not... It's an indie game, right? Oxen Free. Yeah. And it's more, again, choice-based. Like, you do this choice and you do this. And it has like a 10 endings, apparently. Mm. And it's kind of slow paced, and I needed something. Yeah. When I started playing, I noticed that this is like a slow paced game. I need to get in that vibe to play it. True. I mean, it's like apparently average game time is like three hours, which is not wow. a problem. Three to four hours, yeah. Yes. But because they're like different endings, you can keep, keep playing, playing and then you know exhaust it. I don't mind because it wasn't expensive; it was like pretty cheap as well. Oh yeah, very cheap. It. Yeah, when I bought it. My only thing is that um, I felt like I wasn't doing any justice to it, so I was like, you know, I'll put it on hold, I'll come back to it. Mm-hmm. So I started playing Infamous Second Son. Nice. And. It's apparently the third uh, in the infamous series. The first two came on PS3. Yeah, PS3. And this is on PS4. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's apparently also kind of like a reboot, but not exactly a reboot because it follows like seven years after this or five oh. or seven years after the events of the second game. Makes sense. But they were also trying to get it to the PS4, so they wanted to like, so it's kind of reboot-ish, but not reboot. Yeah, like that. yeah. I got you, yeah. It's Insomniac, um, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. No, no, not Insomniac. Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch, yeah. Uh, the guys who made Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, there you go. So apparently that was also very shocking because the kind of pivot they made from that kind of a game to doing a whole samurai exactly. kind of game. So yeah, it was... Um, I've I've only played like, what, maybe 6% of the game, 6 7%. Oh, wow. Like I've got... Basically, you have to get to Seattle and it's like an open world game. Oh, and you okay. have to do this, kill this, do all those things. So, um, and the game also is like... Uh, they do this thing where like your actions have consequences in the sense you have like you can either be good or evil like use whichever means so if you're fighting a soldier and he falls down you can oh. either assassinate him or subdue him okay subduing okay. him means you're doing the good thing and then, right. like yeah so they give you those kind of options yeah um, makes sense it's like Detroit because in Detroit you can decide to kill people and yeah, that has consequences as well I, will. I wanted to go all evil but I was like you know fuck it <laughs> but apparently if you're more good then you get like one special ability if you're more bad you get another special ability that so it depends so, yeah. but I've just chosen good but I don't think even if I finish the game I'll go back to it because oh. as I have like a backlog of games and yeah. I don't know how much of a replay value this game has as well mm. um, but even when I'm playing it right now I'm like yeah it's, it's cool it's fine it's just for yeah, straightforward yeah it's not to this thing like um, uh, I don't I mean I've yet to f- go through and get everything but it looks pretty like you know it's chill I guess cool. and I hope I don't spend too much time because I want to finish like in a week and start playing other, other games yeah. makes sense um, but yeah um, since today's topic uh, we decided to Joe and I kind of tend to read um, about video games um, mm-hmm. I read like since last year, I read um, to four books. Four, there are two about the video game industry. Yeah, um, the first no, was it two, no, it's two last year and two this year. This yeah. year, yeah. So four, four. Yeah. So the last year, I read um, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, and then mm-hmm. Replay by uh, History of Video Games by Tr- so it's Blood, Sweat, and Pixels by Jason Schreier. Replay was by um, History of Video Games by Tristan Donovan. That book is pretty lengthy, man, because that guy really. <laughs> Like, he writes he, everything else. He, I mean, he gives you, like, the genesis of video games, how it came about, and, you know, where, like... It, and it kind of ends in 2014, 2015. Hmm. So, it's like, oh, I wow. think... Or 2012. I think it ends just before the PS4 oh. and Xbox. Oh, so, like, the back... So it's kind of like, yeah, yeah that, this is what's going to happen now. Okay. And, I mean, I feel like for history of video games, it's covered a big chunk. Hmm. Because, you know, video games started with consoles. Then it died. Then Nintendo came. Then Nintendo computer like, games were never given that much. Because computers no. were not very accessible. Like, they weren't in every home. Yeah. Till the 90s came and then, the, like, computer games blew, blew up. up and yeah. Now there's a huge market in computer games and then console gaming separately. True. And now we're doing mobile games as well. So, like, you know, as, as now, now technology, you know, evolves, video games also have to adapt to those industries to ensure that yeah. you get the maximum money. True, especially mobile, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then this year I read um, Jason Schreier's follow-up book called um, Press, Press Reset. Reset, which I mean, you also read. Mm-hmm. And then I just got done with this book called Console Wars. I had mentioned it on the previous episode I was reading it. Mm-hmm. I actually made a mistake. The book did not come out in 93. It's based in the year 93. Uh-huh. I was like, um, yeah, because it seems fairly recent. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's a... When did the book come out? One second. Was it? I'm coming, just checking. 2000. I think it came out 2014. But one second, console was published date, and they also did a documentary on that. Uh, yeah. yeah, 2014 it came out 2014. 2014. Yeah, and Seth Goldberg and you know Seth, what, Seth Rogen Seth and Rogen. Evan Goldberg, the guys who keep making all those crazy movies, like you know Pineapple Express and blah blah blah. They made mm-hmm. all those movies. Um, they 
uh, actually wrote the forward and they actually bought the rights to the book. Oh, they did? Because they're making a documentary. So they got it on Paramount Plus, the documentary. Wow. So you can read the book and then watch the documentary to hear like the live experiences again. Oh, that's cool. And they're making a movie also, which has been, I think, optioned off to either Apple, one of these studios. One of the companies, yeah. yeah. Big, big studios. But basically, like the option of the rights, and it would actually make for an interesting movie, I guess, to show how Sega and Nintendo were as well. That'd right? be a good movie, actually, because yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of like not backstabbing per se, but very aggressive I mean, competition. Okay, so let's start with console wars. Like we'll just talk about that, yeah. and then, you know, we were in that era as well. Um, so obviously, okay, actually, well, let's take a bit back. So the history of video games, that book which I read, right? Um, Atari was dominating like crazy and they were Everywhere. doing like um, they were doing um, what, the, what do you call this arcade games yeah. and oh, a lot yes. of the times what happened is some of these big arcade games would come from Japan these guys would go and license it to sell it in America and they would be cashing out oh, yeah. so they got yeah. that Pac-Man came from Japan Pac-Man. Uh, Space Invaders came from Japan Space Invaders was so popular at a point in Japan yeah. that they didn't even have the I think 70 yen or something it was one of those like coins they ran. They had a they shortage of it because they were playing the game so much in arcades, right? And Atari and these companies would come. And like any other industry, if one company is doing well, everybody, everybody wants to jump on it. So like you had so many companies, and Atari kind of started collapsing. But everybody attributes it to ET, the game that yeah, like that's the, that's the thing I found funny. It was like ET really kill. Like ET the- actually didn't kill Atari. So the book actually states that. Yes, E.T. was a bad decision. It was really bad. <laughs> but Atari itself was making bad... And apparently, So there's even a documentary on um, Netflix. Um, so I it was called Game Over or something like that. It's about video games. came out last year during the pandemic. Yeah, I think um, I watched that documentary. Still ongoing pandemic. Um, but yeah, it came out during quarantine time. And I forgot the name, guys, but you can just type Netflix uh, video game documentary. It's a docu-series, like six episodes. Yeah, six episodes. And basically in that, um, the guy who was even supposed to make E.T., right... He had a time crunch. I think normally they make games like six yeah. months. Oh, the 12. documentary is called um, High Score. High Score, yes. Yeah. It's like six months to 12 months. At that time, those times, games went that like five-year extension. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, it was like it was six months to 12 simple, months, yeah. you know, to 18 months, I guess. They told this guy in three months, you have to get it done. So this guy did <laughs> everything you could. And the game was trash. <laughs> Obviously, Atari made like and it was a, a tie. Loss. In, it was a tie-in to, to the movie. Yeah, because well. yeah, Spielberg like saw the story and, and like, like, hey, he signed off on it. Yeah. Right? yeah. The thing is, Atari itself were making bad decisions and they were like, there's going to be a crash happening soon. Yep. And it, the E.T. thing coincided with Atari's thing and then the whole video game industry went down. It went down. Who and industry? Then, you know, like, and then the thing is, there were too many console machines, like, not console, yeah, arcade okay, machines. machines. Yeah, all over so the place. So it's like, if today now we're in Accra, right? And we're in Laboni and we start an arcade machine thing. If you're the only ones here, we'll get a lot oh, of people Oh, yeah. Coming. Everybody come in. Suddenly, Five other places open in Laboni. Then your money also stops, right? Yeah, and arcade machines used to be expensive. Some of them would even yes. take it out on like, they would take it as like a pay per month kind of incentive. Yeah, and then you don't have money to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you go bankrupt. Like, there were so many problems. People would invest so much into the Just Nogani. created a bubble, basically. Basically. Um, Nintendo came and then Nintendo were doing arcade games. And, you know, their story is also very funny is that <laughs> they started actually in 1889. And <laughs> that time, cards were banned in Japan. And then the guy, uh, the Japanese like ruling authority, then said, "Fuck it, no, you can now play you cards." You can now play cards. So they started selling cards, and then that's how they they became like popular. Until like his grandson decided to pivot into video games, hmm. and then they started. So when they came in Japan, they were popular, but they wanted to conquer America because that was like the place. Huge. For video I mean, games. yeah, America America's huge, huge. Yeah. So when they came there, um, so this is now we're entering console wars territories. Um, the second book and it's like Nintendo were had 
were very strict because they needed a way. So even then, when it came to America, they weren't doing well. No, they were. Till they introduced the Donkey Kong game, not Donkey Kong. It was called Jumpman, I think. It was called Jumpman first, and then they called yeah, it. Donkey so Donkey Kong. Kong is like the villain, and then Mario has to save it. And the game was so popular. Very. And then it blew up, and then it gave them a lease on life, and then they did Mario. And Mario is, is famously named after the landlord that they were renting the office from because apparently <laughs> they were going to get kicked out. Yeah. So as a tribute to him, they gave it, to, like he said he what would extend funny, the lease. And then, funny yeah. tribute. And you know, they said he, he said he would extend the lease or something like you can to pay the, it. Yeah. And then the game blew up and obviously they named after him. And Mario became hugely popular as well. Um, obviously, Nintendo's like flagship character is Mario. Yeah. They do have a host of other characters like no, Yoshi, but, Link. Yeah, but Mario is like the main Mario's the main guy, right? And it's like... Um, you had now some Nintendo were very they were kind of like bullies they were bullies they were bullies, they were bullies. I mean, they're, like they're cornered the market so everybody's coming to them so like that the power they owned 95% of the video that's game market that's monopoly yeah so apparently so that's where the sensibilities are different so apparently like in America right the, go, the other Americans were trying to like like yo Nintendo can't be doing this mm. apparently in Japan they don't they actually look at it as a sign of this thing that if you're actually dominating a place that means you're amazing okay, in America yeah, you know there's like these antitrust yeah, they're kind very of a monopoly and yeah. Yeah. Japan is very different in the sensibilities and which plays a big part in how things happen so when Nintendo was in Japan they opened a Nintendo America mm, so you had two different entities Japan was the main because that's where the boss and the CEO and everybody's everybody's Nintendo like America he sent like one of his people there and they started it, right? And they got like a lawyer called Howard Lincoln, who was like the president. Basically, a lot of things happened. Now, Sega was actually, Sega actually started as an American company. It was an American guy who yeah, started it. I remember that, yeah. He was in Japan. And he also got into this arcade business thingy. And yeah. Wait, yeah. He, his name is David Rosen. And he sold his shares to this guy called um, Nakamaya. Nakamaya. And he basically eventually sold the shit. And then they became Sega. Because it's called Service as a like Service Games Japan, right? That was how Sega the name. Oh came yeah, yeah, yeah. It's service, service games. games. Yeah. And Sega also now were like, yo, Nintendo's fucking shit up. And they had their <laughs> console as well. They had like the Galaxy. The Galaxy, and, and yeah. They were like and the no, Genesis actually. They had Genesis. And Wait, Galaxy is also there. They are like yeah, they had a bunch of games. Saturn and blah, Sega blah, Saturn yeah. and stuff. So Sega saw this and was like, yo, we need to get an on Saturn. So they opened Sega of America. Sega of America wasn't doing well. They were like, no, you know, they were, they were like five percent of the other market. Yeah, right? no like big. With everybody else. And then Nintendo. The thing about Nintendo also is that when they apparently signed a game, they, as as well as making in-house games. If you like, now you're a publisher, you want to make a game with them. You have to sign off so many things. And Nintendo had this thing called quality control. If you make a game, mm -hmm. they'll go through like three iterations, four iterations, just to make four. sure everything's on standard. Yeah. Because they'd seen the crash of the previous, like Atari, and they, and they control did control not everything. want that. No. So they wanted everything, everything to be, so, and Nintendo's always had this like wholesome, fun family image. Yeah. You know? Don't make your games bloody, like, violent, that type of stuff. So, Sega um, hired this guy called, um, I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's, Is it uh, Japanese name? No, 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 it's Tom Kali Kalinsk. Tom Kalinsk, that's his name. K-L-I-N-S-K-E. So, he used to work for Mattel. And mm. he, he used to also work <laughs> for the company that made Barbie. I don't know if it's the same yeah, company. Yeah, same, same company. Same company. He actually even ended making... So, he was kind of responsible for Barbie's sales to rock it up again. Yep. Um, because Barbie's... The character, like the doll, Barbie doll, wasn't doing too well. And he gave an idea. And then Mattel... But he was kind of like tired of the infighting and the politics. So yes, he basically so shut left. No and he was 38 when he became like the CEO of Mattel, I think. If not CEO, like one of the heavy, main yeah, directors. Executive, yeah. And 
but you know these companies have like board of directors right so they also <laughs> have a say so yep. you can be the ceo but you don't like you don't control as much as you want yeah because yeah, you then need the board of directors to back you to back yeah which is how like sometimes you don't so that nobody can overstep boundaries, boundaries. Whatnot, right and basically he was on holiday in hawaii and then the nakamaya came to him and he's like yo what's up um i need you to run <laughs> sega this guy like, i don't know anything about video games but it's like yeah that's why i want you yeah so this guy comes there and obviously it's a whole jungle out there sega is very disorganized very disorganized and he basically starts taking the steps to you know this thing and then again sega of america sega of japan so it was soj soa and he would like you know when they saw Before sonic it, yeah when the creator of Sonic uh, showed him the game, this guy's like, listen, Sonic is going to be the big, big, game. Yeah, big game. We're going to take on Nintendo and, you know, we're going to take gonna it to Mario. Because yeah. Yeah. they didn't have a mascot back then anyway. They didn't. So and they, so they then needed somebody. Sonic became, and to sell a hedgehog, because I think when I was a kid, the first hedgehog I ever heard of was Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Because it was like 90s, right? I remember, they, I remember they were talking about, in the, in the documentary actually, they were saying that, oh, they needed a mascot, but they didn't know who to pick. So a hedgehog was like kind of more appreciated in Japanese culture no 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 I don't I don't remember that being the reason no that's actually a very silly reason for it but I was mention the book I but I can't I, forget yeah, I, can't, I forgot either, either, it was silly, I think like. it was either internal or yeah, it was it, it was, was internal, internal. Thing. They, 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 he asked them why do you pick a job I forgot the reason but yeah. it's a good, good reason to go and read Console Wars right. yeah watch documentary is good yeah even the documentary on Paramount Plus yeah you can watch that as well but I think the book obviously gets in detail the only I think problem with the book I felt was like you know some of the dialogues were reconstructed because obviously now people yes. don't remember yeah. so he kind of adds this very like dramatic element to how it goes obviously he's trying to tell you the story of video game industries and he's trying to also make it a bit spicy make it because, nice yeah, yeah, to read, so to read right? it's, a, it's a non-fiction book with a little bit of like reconstruction of dialogues and stuff so obviously this guy, Sonic becomes a big thing. This guy has like a very good team. He hires well. Mm, he does. And Sega comes to a point where they were dominating. Um, like Nintendo obviously had the sales, but then a lot of companies started working with Sega as well. Because yeah, because, they like, yeah, because the Nintendo had like Nintendo very bad too many rules. One of the things that Nintendo used to do is that if like they they have an order for 1 million console, like there's demand for 1 million, they'll only release 300,000. <laughs> and then you give to some retailers and things and they'll do that purposely to even drive more demand. Yeah, because like, yeah, the scarcity. So yeah. like, yeah, yeah, one more. And Sega more. was doing well. And you see, this is where I realized that the difference between how the Japanese deal with business and the Americans. Very different. Because Sega was on top or at least were on par. And even, I think they got like 30, 40, 50% of the market share at one point in video games. Wow. So that's how they were going for Nintendo. Really One of the reasons they went for Nintendo also was that they Nintendo obviously was like, you know, we're family friendly and blah, blah. So Sega started doing, they wanted, Sega was like, you know what, you can be for the kids, we'll be for everybody else. Adults, yeah, that, that's teenagers. what, they pushed for those So guys. they started making ads on that. Intentional, yeah, I like the fact that it was and intentional. And then they started doing these like, testing sessions with, in the malls. They'll have Mario, they'll have Sonic. And Sonic was obviously faster, right? Like, yeah. You see. You're like, oh, faster. So, Sonic blew up and apparently the reception to Sonic in Japan wasn't the same. He was mm-hmm. very mild. Very different, yeah. And it, so a lot of friction would happen because they always still needed sign-offs from Japan. So initially mm-hmm. when the Tom Kalins guy came, right, he went to Nakamai, they had a board meeting and he's like, listen, um, we have your game Sonic. Uh, we're not going to sell it. Like, nope. We're going to actually give it for free with the console. And we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to take Nintendo head on. We're going to make ads. And the board of directors were like, fuck, are no. you crazy? Yeah, you can't do that. And then like, Nakamai guy stood up and said, exactly what I hired you. Do it. And so yeah. he did it. So their best game was literally sold for free in a sense that you got with the console. With the console. And that's what drove the console sales, right? Because nowadays, a lot of times, you hear, you hear that console yeah. actually sold at a loss. It's true, it's I remember. It's the property, like it's Sony's 
you know, like studios that they have the exclusives is what makes them get back the money. Same with True. Microsoft. Same Microsoft, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Game Pass and all those things. Yeah, back then, right? yeah. when they sold the game, they sold a bundle, like, okay, Even you get now, they're selling the console at yeah. the bus. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they'll bundle the game with it. Yeah, so, yeah. like, Microsoft, for instance, they'll say, oh, if you buy Halo, the console, right? yeah, get Halo. Yeah. That's how it is. I got my PS1, I bought it. I got it with Uncharted series. So I got one, go. two, three, four. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, so like, again, that's how they'll make yeah, their money. Yeah, right? consoles. So, eventually, you know, Sega really went through. And then there was a point where, okay, I just realized I didn't read four video game work, I read five. The fifth one was um, <laughs> Masters of Doom. Oh, yeah, the Masters yeah, of Doom. Like, game. in between the year I read it. And that's about the history of Doom and stuff, right? So, when Doom came out, it was huge on the PC. Oh, and PC was huge. And like, you know, they sold so much money whilst not being a company. Oh, yeah, I think talked about it, yeah. Share was literally, you come in and you're like, I'll release two levels and the rest of the levels, you have to pay like $50, yeah. $20, $30. And they were and just selling. Bro, they were making uh, millions. Bro, and they I mean, were not even an established Because studio. I remember they would push it on the server and like, we, yeah. the server would just crash as soon as midnight. It was like exactly. crazy. Yeah. It was in America. So Mortal Kombat came out and then Sega was like, they went for like the violent one. They do it. Yeah. Nintendo didn't. So actually, Mortal Kombat sold more on the Sega than the, this thing. Oh yeah. And there was a problem there because you know then it, you know it got um, like violent games doomed. Yeah. And there was this game called Night Trap, which is yeah, it's, it's called FMV. It's called um, full motion video or something video like that. Game. Basically, these yeah, kind of it games. Vi- it was like yeah, almost they like they shoot recorded. the videos and yeah. then you choose the option. And you're supposed to save these bunch of coeds from is it vampires? Some yeah, vampires. Vampires. Yeah. yeah. And it's like they're all scantily dressed and like this. Yeah, and was, and so was one of weird. basically that was actually one of Sony's games because Sony had a company called ImageSoft that used to oh, make games. Yeah, and Sony and Sega were trying to form a partnership, and so they helped them out by taking this game from them and mm. selling it as a Sega game. And you know, like they were trying to do that and because Sony used to make um, the chips for Nintendo. Oh yeah, they, they made the chip for the Nintendo, which was very. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And basically, after a point. Tom Cullen started realizing that um, the basically Sega of, it, it felt like Sega of Japan was jealous of the success Sega yeah, of America because, was blowing like, up. because <laughs> Sonic became this this that Son- they even some- made something called Sonic Tuesday which was that to release the game on a Tuesday worldwide and they coordinated it but mm. Sega of Japan said fuck off and released it like uh, on a Saturday the, before yeah. Yeah. and he didn't understand why and but they used that up. as a PR spin to say that Sonic so popular. is so popular and so fast that he released before our day. Like <laughs> you see, that's the that's, kind of guy he was. That like, he would he would take negative moments and um, turn it into positive because he needed to do that. Yeah. And he was like this guy, like I have to help it. Slowly, some of his stuff had to leave because pressure started coming. And I get him. Yeah, it's kind of frustrating having to talk overseas all the time and then get like you know late feedback. Yeah, I get him. And they pushed for this console called the. It was so it was Genesis that he he liked the name. He chose the name Genesis because he wanted it to be the Genesis Sega. Yeah, the and that's when Sonic and Sonic yeah. Two came on it and it became hit. So he was. There used to there used to be sixteen bit games. Yes, I remember. And Nintendo had the eight bit, which was NES, and then SNES was the sixteen bit. Yeah. And they then were going to start... They were actually working with Sony to do the Nintendo PlayStation and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And Sony almost didn't release the PlayStation as well Shocking. because the board of directors, they were like, no, and the, they had this genius, I forgot his name. He, um, Kotura guy or something like that. Again, very don't remember the name. <laughs> but he basically was like, now nah, he's going to make this PlayStation no matter what. And he pushed for it and one of the board of directors, one of the, the head of the company, Sony, was, he liked that engineer. So he put him aside. He made him go to Sony Music so that he could work unbothered oh, and make the, the console. Oh, console, yes. And when they were ready, they came out. And you see, back then, it was Nintendo and Sega only. 
<laughs> and Sega decided to release this other, I think it was Saturn. I think it was a Sega Saturn. Saturn. Sega Saturn. And it was a 32-bit thing. And yeah. he was like, it's too early to drop this console because they were planning. And Nakamaya was like, nah, no, fuck we it. We're it. going to release this. And Nintendo were like, you know what? We're having a 64-bit one. That was a Nintendo 64. Oh, yeah. They didn't decide to release. You know what they did? So, you know the British company Rare? Yes, yeah. They've made like Banjo Kazooie. They made Donkey Kong Country. And, and I think Golden now Eye. Microsoft. Yeah, GoldenEye. And now I think Microsoft owns them. Yeah. Um, Rare made Donkey Kong Country. So when um, oh, yeah. the Japanese head of Nintendo of America um, saw the game, he said, oh my God, we have... <laughs> so they used to have this thing called CES, Consumer Electronic. Yeah, uh, it is, yeah. They, they export it. And they used to go and showcase it because that used to be a tech expo and electronics yeah, expo. It drives and the only demand, video, yeah. video games had, Before they made E3 and Before, game. yeah. So when he saw that, he's like, "This, listen, we're not going to advertise any game. It's only this game. <laughs> And Nintendo sold so many units on Donkey Kong Country, right? And Nintendo basically was like, Sega went and pushed for a new console and they fucked up their sales from then on. Uh. And this guy was like, and Nintendo was like, we have been patient and we, <laughs> even at the end cycle of our console, we managed to get a game that has sold so many million so many, copies. Yeah, because they yeah. pushed Donkey Kong. And that was kind of the difference with how Neg- Sega and Nintendo also worked, right? Yeah. That Nintendo was very patient. Very they patient. let Sega do what they had to. Then they, they didn't come out, go yeah. for them like that. Like, no. Sega would make all these outrageous ads against them, and like um, Sega can, yeah. Nintendo, um, Sega does, and Nintendo don't, and like, you know those kind so of like, American, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you see, it worked, and eventually the Tom Collins guy started losing some of his trusted lieutenants because they left. Some went to join other companies, and finally he realized that he can't do. It. So he left Sega, and Sega fucked up their legacy eventually, <sighs> releasing Saturn and then the Dreamcast. Dreamcast, yeah. And the Dreamcast on launch only had four games. Yep, terrible strategy. I think the thing about Sega also is that they were very ahead of the curve with the Dreamcast. They were. Technologically. They were actually more tech-heavy. PlayStation was released by Sony and they actually ended up like killing it. No, they did. They did. I think either the what? PlayStation or PlayStation 2 is the most sold console. It's PlayStation 2. It's the PlayStation One, yeah, 10 well, years. Even PlayStation itself sold well. It sold well, but... And then they forged good alliances with people like um, Square Enix that did the... The Final Fantasy yeah. games, yeah. Because for Square Enix, they wanted... The CD, they don't put the game CD because they were making was, the game bigger. Yeah, and so Nintendo was like, no cartridge. cartridge, cartridge Nintendo, right? I so remember they're that. like, fuck it, we'll do it with Sony. And Sony basically heralded a change and, you know, like. Yeah, like I mean, today. they pushed CD. And the funny so. thing is that that time Sony didn't want to do it because they're like, we're into TVs and this Imagine and video that. Games. So restrictive. And right now, one of Sony's biggest money makers is video games. Imagine that. Right? <laughs> but it's a very sad story for Sega. So eventually, after the debacle of the Dreamcast, they quit hardware completely, oh, completely and they became sad. a software game. Yeah. So they now license games, they make games and stuff. They and made, yeah, still making Sonic games, by the which way. is kind of sad because mm-hmm. now they make um, they actually partner with Nintendo, who are their biggest rivals, yeah. and Sony. Yeah. So now they got so a partner. You can ima- but apparently, um, Sega is doing quite well now. Oh actually. yeah, they're selling good software. They've been making games and stuff like they've been doing quite well. So yeah. apparently, they're not too doom and gloom. Like they've yeah, done they, well I mean, yeah, they haven't gone like bankrupt or anything, but still, they're not as they used to be, which is. Sad. I mean, that's the thing, right? There's, there was an era they were fighting, and they almost like this thing, but yeah. bad choices. I don't know if the the guy Nakamaya ever sits back and thinks maybe he did fuck up because mm-hmm. the Tom Collins guy was like, "You need to cool down. Let's not release a new console right away. Yeah, still have time. Let's like let's, let the Genesis end, and, and then we bring another uh, one. Nope." Yeah, man. Yeah, video games business is hard. <laughs> it is. It is. It is video game is. business is very, very hard. hard. And a lot of decisions can cost you a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think I respect the fact that um, Nintendo has managed to weather the storm. Because not only Sony, they got eventually and Microsoft joined the yeah. action. And yeah, you think that because of Sony and Microsoft joining, we'll be 
be kind of be stiffer, but they've been selling consistently they well. They have a supremely yeah. different kind of game, like model business. Yeah, model it's a very world. funny, but it works. That's a funny part. It still works. They, I mean, even like you know, they had like hits after the '64. Then the GameCube came, which was okay. Yeah, it was just okay. I think. Then the Wii killed. Then it. the Wii came. Heesh. But there was something that I heard, in, which is interesting about the Wii, was that um, Nintendo Wii as a console sold a lot. They did. But games weren't being sold as much. No, no, no. Because many people bought it because if it was like kind of... Very family-oriented yeah, games. Yeah, and it was like kind of like the gimmick of us, the, the motion controls and whatnot, right? Yeah. So you'd buy more Nintendo games, but third-party publishers were oh, not no, actually making money. Because the hardware wasn't as strong as like maybe the Microsoft or the Sony. Not even hardware-based. It's like we bought the console, but after that, we're not buying the games because I think, yeah, either the hard, the games didn't look good so then yeah. go and buy them oh, yeah. well, it never looked good on the Wii so, so it's like yeah. push it and then the Wii they did the Wii U I think which flopped mm-hmm. kind of bad but Nintendo was also killing it with the handles you had the Game Boy Game Boy Color blah blah and now they've come back with a hit with the Switch Yeah. and the Switch really revolutionized gaming in the way that I feel that having the ability to carry your console and play on the go is crazy because it just yeah. the best so even right now they've announced the new model everybody thought oh, yeah. it would have like 4K resolution they don't they're not doing they're just doing 180p and it's like $350 there was yeah. no switch of $300 they even yeah. have the Nintendo Switch um, portable that, that's like you can't connect it to the TV it's literally mm-hmm. handheld Handle. but you can play like quality games on it right yeah but it's funny because I remember the Sony again dropped the ball when they released the PS Vita and the fact that they could, they were actually ahead of Nintendo as far as portable gaming. Really? Yeah, because the, they came because it was. They did the PSP. The, no, they played PSP and did a PS Vita. Yeah, the, I never actually played the Vita. Was it? Like, yeah, I mean, it was good, but they had I some, think they were even trying to do some. They were even trying to do that kind of like play on the go, like you could use your yeah, Vita and connect remotely, remotely. to your PS3. Yes, so we had a time, but I, apparently it was very convoluted. They wouldn't have the games they needed to have, so yeah. it never worked out. I, you see, that's the thing, right? A lot of times there's something going on in the back that you don't even realize. Exactly. Like, like yeah. Yeah. Then now Nintendo came and said, "Here's our." you know, portable Nintendo play. And I and think killed. also mobile gaming kind of also, you know, like... Oh, yeah, because Sony was competing heavily with mobile uh, yeah. games because iPhone had just came out and yeah. it was like, yeah, why would I buy a Vita and just get an iPhone? iPhone? And even in that, like, you have, like, now nowadays, like, you have COD on mobile, yeah. you've got PUBG on mobile, Fortnite, um... They're even making Assassin's Creed, like those free-to-play games. Mm-hmm. They're basically free-to-play, but you pay in-game. Yeah, you pay in-game. And there's a huge money this thing. And a lot of companies are trying to get in on that, at least the big studios. Ubisoft has said they're going to do that. And I'm interested to see how it goes. Mm. Um, personally, I've never found any appeal of playing video games like that on my phone. Me neither. I, I just can't get like long-term into it. If I want to play a game, I'll sit down with console and play. I'm kind of amazed how people actually play COD on their mobile. Seriously. I need like FPS on a mobile. Like it's mm. difficult. It is know? very difficult. Yeah. Like I'll play like a like a platformer game on mobile. Than yeah, playing that on. I would do. Yeah. I would play a platform, but I've I don't like playing games on my phone because I just feel like it. I don't know why. I've, yes. I've tried it. I've downloaded a bunch of games, but same. Yeah, I just I, play like the silly game, like the small small games, like hard yeah. games and all that. But never like full game. No, yeah. it doesn't work. But yeah, it's kind of like um, interesting to see. So like, um, kudos to Nintendo. They've managed to stay there. For, sure. And they're actually selling a lot of the Switch. So much. Because, and especially like during the pandemic, people wanted to play that. Yeah. And, you know, but you see, this is what I was even mentioning the other day that, again, the book console war made me realize how rigid sometimes the Japanese manufacturers <laughs> think. Because Nintendo has the worst kind of um, user experience you can have in terms of their they store. They do. But when I bought the Switch, I've even complained before. And 
it's difficult. You need to like go through so many loopholes to get things. Just to get what you want. Sony is also kind of a pain to Sony because they also the have same. some kind of like this thing. Yeah, Sony is um, a pain as well. Like and. I feel like in that sense, Microsoft seems to be very more... Yeah, because they, Americans, they think in an American sensibility. Yeah, right? they're very customer-focused. Like, they yeah. need to be good, good for them. And easy. even, like, the console and doubles up as an entertainment device. And, like, mm-hmm. you, you know, they kind of have more, I think, better user experiences than the other two. Exactly. Um, again, Nintendo... One of the even one thing that every time people come to Nintendo is that they don't have any backwards-compatible thing. No. What they rather do is that if they have an old game which was a hit, they will come and remaster it like fifty or sixty dollars yeah, or and seventy. You, and like, oh and yeah, like, for nostalgia. And it's funny because they use nostalgia to get you like, hey, our old game is now remastered. Yeah, buy it at full price. I mean, because I miss, it, I'll buy it. Yeah. Even Sony does that. They remaster a lot of their games. But sometimes, at least, with what I don't mind about Sony is that at least they do. They have a sale where they'll drop fifty percent. Nintendo yes. doesn't even have sales. They're no, no, two no. percent or five percent. Full price. Full price. Or five percent. So literally, if it's like seventy dollars, sixty-five, and it's like or sixty. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's stupid, man. Like I don't even see the point of it. Um, Microsoft, on the other hand, which I give full kudos to, is that they have done backwards compatibility. So apparently, yeah. you can play an Xbox game, Xbox. Oh yeah, they're old Xbox. They, they've really done well with the old, like the backward compatibility. Like, oh yeah, you want to play this game that were released on the 360? Play it. Is I mean, that? there is money. Obviously, it's obviously a lot of money you have to put into it to play these kind of games because you're developing technology that's mm-hmm. going ahead. Yeah. So to play backwards, it's definitely there. So even in console wars, one of the things that the Genesis had over it was that the Genesis could play the previous 8-bit games. Yeah. They had like an add-on. When uh, Nintendo saw, and you see what they did is the Genesis dropped before them and it priced it at $99. So Nintendo was forced to sell almost at that price papers. when they dropped the SNES. And the SNES didn't have backwards compatibility. So that no, no, did no. cause them a problem. Mm-hmm. Eventually people got over it. But they were still releasing g- games for the 8-bit as well, which was the NES. But it's like... Mm. Yeah, like why would I buy two consoles just to play two different yeah, games? Yeah, you, you get it right. So like I like the fact that Microsoft. So that's what I feel like Microsoft really is about that. Like you know, we'll give you you know this. Yeah, they want you to like, have, yeah. yeah, they want you to stay like hey, you want your old favorites? Here you go. Yeah, that's what I like. I mean, the fact they're even buying like studios now. Like imagine that they can just release well, the too old. many studios, man. And yeah, PS has also been acquiring studios. They bought House Marquee, mm-hmm. who did Return. Return they bought them now. So like, yeah, right now yeah. it's going to be a war with studios. So if you're a studio out there, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've, I guess only like probably like EA and Ubisoft will be there at the end of everything. I mean, they'll be there, but Microsoft's still going to buy studios just to make in-house House, games. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they could buy Bethesda itself, like a ZeniMax, which owned all of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. But yeah, but even the fact that we've been talking about studios, I think we're going to talk about the, uh, the other books, the press reset and the... Yeah, so let's have Blood, Sweat and Pixels. So yeah. Blood, Sweat and Pixels was the first book by Jason Schreier. I like mentioning him a lot because I really like his work. Yeah, his work he writes for really Bloomberg. Now, he used to be at Kotaku and he's now writing, you know, the, the fact that Bloomberg even has a gaming department for yeah, it shows you that Bloomberg is like the financial yeah, newspaper, right? Gaming is a huge market, billions yeah. of dollars. So, so they talk about video games and they even have like good articles about it. And he wrote this book called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels about 10 games that were made. Mm-hmm. Some of the games he covered were um, Uncharted 4. Yeah. Um, he kind of did like indie games as well. He did like Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley. Um, there was one about, he he did one about Destiny. Yeah, Destiny. I think they, um, I think he did Halo, right? No, no, no. He talked about... Mm, he talked about Halo, Bungie, but he talked about Bungie. Leaving and yeah. all their proprietary... Like they left Halo to Microsoft. Wait, I, you know, like Microsoft bought Bungie. He, yeah, but didn't he do Halo Wars as well? Yeah, yeah, actually, yes, right. yeah, Halo was, Halo was. that yeah. was another studio that did, yeah. and Bungie had a problem with that. That's it was like the Texas huh. studio. I think that was three four three studios. I think yeah. now that were doing the Halo games, and it was like a um, real time strategy Halo, Halo game. Yeah. yeah, and they were trying to like you know, and he spoke about this, but um, and it was interesting. 
I loved it because you know and you never do understand how video games are made like every you hear never, you yeah. crunch you know this and that you never hear the full but this story book though. was like and because it's focused on 10 games and how it made and the beautiful part and I think it was on one game shovel knight I think or shovel yeah there's a shovel knight, knight the one that the knight has a shovel you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah guys yeah, yeah and then he stardew valley was crazy because it was literally one guy working one game, guy and he became a millionaire overnight like, yeah um but he literally <laughs> had to struggle for like five, six years. Yeah, to him and his yeah, wife. His wife, wife was saving, saving, and it was like <laughs> apparently when he dropped it on Steam, the game blew, blew up. up. And he didn't even understand that he was a millionaire, and he had like mm. imposter syndrome. Like, yeah, no, it's like he was like, "Shit, I can afford anything." Right anything, now. I can buy anything I want, and like, and he didn't, and he still was driving a small car and living. Yeah, like, it's just apartment. being frugal. Yeah. Um, and apparently the the way um. So out of all the stories, the 10 stories that he wrote about different video games, there was also one about this um, Star Wars game that was being made. Yeah. And then Lucas finally Disney came in. They, yeah, the they bought project. it. And they said, yeah, forget it. It was supposed to be like, and I, I really feel sad because I feel like that game could have been something. It could have. I mean, the fact that, the fact that I, just, I just played like Star Wars Jedi. It was like a third person shooter and yeah, it, like as a bounty hunter. And, and if like, it yeah. were, yeah, it could have totally worked because Jedi Falling Order is really good to the fact yeah. that they canceled this game was very sad. Sad, yeah. Because they put out some unreleased uh, trailers, yeah, of how it would look. Look, yeah. yeah. And I was like, wow, this is going to be really, really good. Really good, man. They didn't. Yeah. And the thing is, Disney obviously were, were, they, when you buy a studio like that, so you're looking to cash out as well and give back your money, right? True. So they started where like, no, we're going to make more games on mobile and this and that. Yeah, because mobile is blown up really big. And of course, they were like, oh, consoles are dead, so let's just focus on mobile. Oh, so much for consoles dying. I know, right? <laughs> and um, he said, so uh, he also has that podcast that he does, right? It's called Triple Click with two other people. So he said that one of the reasons, he, so he did, he released Press Reset this year, mm-hmm. which is about how... Um, video game companies kind of closed down yeah. and it showed the volatility of the video game it's, industry yeah it was very I was surprised how volatile it was it's, like scarily because volatile it, because the first book was more about how the games were made so you could sense the volatility there yeah. but he didn't show you that okay this will happen that will happen true um, he did obviously talk about how like the stu- like Bungie leaving Microsoft and how they were burning through their cash and then hmm. Destiny came on Destiny was not great on release but they worked on it yeah, afterwards yeah, and like you know they did, um, Diablo is also the same Diablo 3 he spoke about Diablo 3 so he, did, he did how they released the game and it kind of was flopping and then later on they worked add, on it added so more mm-hmm. and now the game is played more online and whatnot, right and um, he was like in press reset he again talks about 10 video game companies or 12 mm-hmm. I think yeah, I think 12 12 right yeah and but in that, you know, he interconnects everything together, right? Like yeah, one character. One, car- it was basically, one person would have worked in and he was her colleagues with this and yeah. that. And he said one of the reasons he did that was that um, he added a more human element to it because <laughs> the story that was most popular in Blood, Sweat and Pixels was the Stardew Valley one because mm. it was from a human angle. Because like, yeah. there was one person as opposed one, to a bunch of people working, working on it. And in Press Reset, he basically deals with... Um, Studios shutting down. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. so many man. I respect. To I respect all to my yeah. Working video game industry. You try. You guys are. You try. Because how do you not have anxiety that you know this? We could be fired if this game does not come out. Look, well. <laughs> so after he dropped the book, right? It became a New York Times bestseller, mm. and now a lot of articles are being written. And then even somebody wrote that um, there was this woman who came and she's a game developer, and she said that she's had to move so much in a decade. <laughs> And luckily for her husband is supportive because and she was the one in game development mm. and her husband was ready to support her. So they would leave 
Yeah, they just leave one state, go to another state. And the funny thing is, moving to st- from one state to another state is not easy. At it's, all. It's like you're basically moving from one country because to another country. Because somebody's like, he, they're like, I'm going to buy a house and now I have to sell it. Yeah. Because you're going to another state. It's like crazy. Like, what? And it depends. If there are not many game studios where you are, you're fucked as well, right? Exactly. And if your friends are there too, you imagine, oh, we're moving to another place. I can't see my friends That's anymore. That's the thing. A lot of people like have had like have had to uproot their lives completely. Jeez. And so they even say that there needs to be like a union or something. Yeah, so well, yeah, they need to unionize. A lot of the, a lot of the um, stories were like um, in press reset. I remember was. One was about like the um, Bioshock Infinity game. That was interesting. Like, that, was that was very interesting. And I really like Bioshock Infinity. Yeah, actually, yeah. same. Um, he, he also spoke about like how there was this one company started by the baseball guy, Kurt Schilling. Because I remember, I remember that story. It was the a really big yeah. story back yeah. then. Oh, well, it was? Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, at that time, I didn't yeah, even... Because it, was a, because it was a very big baseball okay. uh, big Apparently, guy. he was such a big fan of World of Warcraft. Yeah. And that's why, and the story goes that he wanted to, like, the book talks about how he wanted to start this company to go and take on World, World of Warcraft. Warcraft and, yeah. and people mm-hmm. were like, you need to start small. No. And then, big, big, go, because big, yeah. you can't, the World of Warcraft have been there for years. People are so To make a mean, World of Warcraft killer is difficult. Yeah. You can start small, but apparently he was paying people, he was doing, and the kind of benefits they got, like the video so game people joined they're like, yo. I mean, this is a good benefit. Oh yeah, you, you like, pay off your house. The, he gave yeah. a be- the best benefit. At that time, yeah. he put in a lot of his life savings into he that He did, as well. he put like half his and life And then he savings. got like a state to even pay them money and now it's exactly. like, it's I mean, yeah, and millions of dollars. Shipped man. out one game, uh, Kingdoms yeah. of Amalur, and because the they even bought the studio. They bought the studio that had it because they needed a game to kind of release at some point. But they yeah. even didn't make money on it apparently. Exactly. But actually, the Kingdom of Amalur came on PS3 and Xbox 360. But they remastered it for the PS4 actually. Oh okay. I think THQ or somebody took it and remastered it, so you have that as well. Hmm. And I like that. You know, there was that one story about this guy who basically was working in the video game industry, and, and then it was so volatile he left, and then. <laughs> He became like an accountant or something. Yeah, he did. Guy. He did. So he went out of the industry totally. Did, yeah, did yeah. an odd job. It's yeah, like, yeah. but he was like, yeah, it's not as exciting. But his mental state is, yeah. it's He's, so much better. I, I think eventually ends up with him joining an indie studio. I think, or like yeah. he works part time. I think they did consultancy. Was, yeah, was yeah, it like yeah. A, yeah. There was even one group, uh, one company where what they decided where they work in the video game industry, and they were so burnt out that they started their own consultancy. Yeah, where they help. Uh, companies like maybe design a level or yeah. maybe design and something I, and I think that's like the best plan because it like makes sense like, yeah okay. probably two three companies doing yeah, that like, should do so it. I think it's you better. don't you can outsource your video game like not yeah. the whole game but they'll tell you okay we need like 10,000 dungeons and this company is literally doing that so they get Basically. steady pay because of that makes sense and, they get it. and I think it was like four people who worked in that yes yeah, four of them one of my other favorite stories like there was this studio about this woman who started her own studio um you know, she also was working here, then she left and she started on a studio indie. A lot of now because the gaming landscape has changed and the fact that you can be an indie studio because now Microsoft supports you, Nintendo yeah. supports you. I think even um, Sony jumped PlayStation, into that. yeah. But Sony apparently is a bitch to work with because apparently <laughs> you have to pay twenty five thousand dollars to put your game on the, the store. And it might be possible that they might not promote your game at all. So of it's course, like yeah, you know, those kind of things, right? Those gatekeeper stuff. Yeah, it is. And so there, there was an article about that as well that came out recently, in fact, two, three yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, I think yeah, I saw that yeah. too. And I like the stories like I mean it's scary how like people have to approve their lives and things but there was one story that I liked um, this studio that made Enter the Gungeon mm. yeah, yeah, they, they were like name. they needed something to do and they're like fuck it we'll make this game and they also told a story of how games don't have to 
make money in the first month. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. That's so what you said. With them as well, they started the indie company, made this game called Enter Gungeon, and I think Devolver is a publisher that helps these indie games. Yeah. So they released it for them, and apparently in the first month or something, they sold few copies. It was okay. Like enough copies. Yeah, they enough. had enough money to add more. Like they broke even. Even think, and then yeah. could add-ons. So every time they started, and they were working with EA, that was the thing. They were working with EA, <laughs> yeah. and they were making a game that EA, so it basically EA bought like a bunch of studios, right? And mm. they had this platform, old platformer that they decided to make for the mobile. But EA was so insistent on making it like, um, you have to pay for the game. Like Clash of Clans, Oh, yeah, right? it was like uh, microtransactions. Yes, microtransactions. Yeah, so yeah. they forced it so much that the game did not and they apparently made them copy Clash of Clans like literally. yeah same, same so when model. the reviews came they were like this game I forgot what the name of the game was but it was like a classic from that era like the 80s yeah, yeah nostalgia and it had no resemblance to that yeah it was just a cash grab basically. Ca- yeah and then so these guys then went and they left EA and then they made the end uh, because the studio closed down that they were like running yeah. from and they decided to make this into the Gungeon and every time they released an update <laughs> they started getting more people playing and more they said they were going to work on the game for one year. They ended up working huh. on it for five years. Yep. So the last update was apparently they released a gun called the microtransaction gun. And <laughs> That's so funny. Game. And they've made enough money. I think they're working on something else now. I've, yeah. I think they made another game. I didn't check it, but I've not even played Enter the Gungeon. Um, but it goes to show you that video games don't have to like come on now because a lot of games from word of mouth or this yeah. or like updates can help Make the it game. Better. So apparently this, they, in the... I think they were like I think in the second year that they sold way more than the first. Oh, the, year. And the yeah, third year more than like the. Yeah, that's how they every made like year they made more money as they people, have, which just makes me excited for Cyberpunk because Cyberpunk came out really really bad, but now apparently I it's mean, getting the studio kind of really fucked it up. They fucked it, but start, right? I mean, but I now, mean, yeah, you can still redeem. I guess, yeah, you can like, redeem. So yeah, um, so so what's I'm about? not going to play Cyberpunk till next year at least. Right? Oh no 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 not 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 now. Oh, I'm no, here no. to still play Witcher three, so Cyberpunk is like even away. <laughs> but you see. The promise of such a game, and then what it comes out, and now you have to like you know go yeah back go and, back and finish it. I don't know. Mm, it might be good. Um, but yeah, um, there was even another story that I like. There was one story about in the book. I can't. Um, Ooh, which game? No, in the press reset was um, I fuck I forgot. Damn it! I really forgot. But yeah, but there was um. One thing that has also happened is that, ah, uh-huh, yeah, at the end of the book, right, he spoke to some, you know, like, they have, like, he spoke to one of these um, CEOs of a video game company, and they decided, they were talking, and they were like, they need to unionize otherwise. Oh, yeah, yeah. Video game people need to be saved. Because this, okay, yeah. I remember the story that I like now. The one about this guy who got to work at EA. He started as a playtester because he yeah, didn't work his way he up. He worked so hard, and he's like, you know, for him, hard work will pay off. And it was, I think, for Visceral Studio, because they're the guys who made Dead Space. Dead Space. Ooh, Dead Space. Um, and, Funny enough, they made Dead Space 1, 2, 3, and then they shut down the studio. And then, yeah, it's ridiculous. I, yeah, I think he, they sent him somewhere else and he realized he couldn't do it. And I think he left it. He left the year. He left the year. And he he joined, I think he's either in an indie company or something. And I think it, it went to indie, went straight indie. I think yeah. he got one of the guys who was a very short detective. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, it's, the, and it, it's scary. Like, that, that's my thing, right? Yeah, so now, apparently games that are like a Fortnite or this thing, they're the kind of games where if you're working on those games, your career's... Yeah, it's fine. it's fine, yeah, because, because people are going to keep playing yeah, Fortnite. I think that's a new model now. Everybody wants to make a Fortnite-type game. Yeah, basically free-to-play free, free to play and service games. Yeah. They keep updating it year, year in, year around yeah. so that you keep getting these kind of things. Um, But I hope that... Ah, uh-huh, yes. Now I remember my favorite story. The studio, um, there was this game, and apparently it they were doing this before the pandemic. Uh, The first studio to do complete 
work by remote, remote work. Mm. The Israeli studio, they basically started and then all the employees were employed remotely. So nobody, there was no oh, office yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They literally had people from different like Yeah, they just remote. Yeah, different and country. they made story. this game, Ori and the Will of Wisps oh, or something the, like that. Yeah. And it's like, and they really the second one. And, now obviously the pandemic has shown that you could do remote I you mean it's difficult it. I mean, it's hard, but these but guys were the first company to do it even before the pandemic and they had like 40 staff but different countries and so people could work and you know they could be at home and they didn't have to move around and I think that could be the future like it could the, be at I mean, least one section of it yeah. and one other section was the fact that you had companies that were outsourcing yeah but if anything I remember that story people were saying that well it's good but you always want to have that in office thing so you can make it a hybrid I mean I get that I totally get that because even when we spoke to um, Ravi when yeah. you know he's at Respawn and how he had to like it's kind of difficult for him to adjust sometimes yeah. because if I'm at the office I can go and be like hey Joe yeah, I need to work on this but now I have to put a call and thing I have to make the, go on Zoom too and just talk yeah, about it there is a definite adapting this thing but if you join a company that's already like that oh, yeah, if there's no office calls and you join it like that then I mean, you know what you're about yeah, yeah. You know about that makes it, sense so like, yeah. but yeah um, we really recommend our listeners to re- read these books so the books in order again um, we had Blood, Sweat and Pixels mm-hmm. and Press Reset Great by picture. Jason Schreier Console Wars by Blake Harris that's the second intended that's also a beautiful read yeah. especially if you want to know about those consoles that when you grew up how you what you grew up and while playing uh, Masters of Doom which is about purely about Doom um, and how eventually, like, two geniuses mm-hmm. ended up not enjoying Fitting. the work that they were doing, yeah. they had to split up. Um, yeah. And well, finally, um, Replay, uh, History of Video Games. There are yeah. a lot of books like that, but I like Replay because it was so in-depth because it blew my mind, like, the guy who started Atari went and started Chuck E. Cheese. Um, <laughs> Activision came yeah. out from four people who were pissed off with um, Atari moving Move. to make them come mm-hmm. Activision. So, yeah, like, and Activision, again, is also been Activision. there for long. Huge. I mean, they're, 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 yeah. they're blizzard. Sorry, they're blizzard. when we said Ubisoft, I forgot. It's Ubisoft, EA, and Activision that will end up staying. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. Activision, Blizzard, because they bought the Blizzard company yeah. that made World of Warcraft. I mean, they have enough money for it. They're making a shit ton of money. Bro, COD is making them enough money. I mean, too. yeah, I mean, they had World of Warcraft. Now yeah. they have Call, cool, Call of yeah. Duty. And so kind of sad, though, but I want them to make, like, Call of Duty games, which the campaign is long. <laughs> I remember uh, playing Call of Duty 2, which was a World War-based game, and I had so much fun with it because it was purely single-player. Like, yeah, it was, it was multiplayer. Yeah, multiplayer, but it wasn't you know, as like, big. Or even the Modern Warfare series, 1, 2, 3. That was, was the beautiful. best series. Yeah, people said they that's the best. They did do a reboot and whatever. I liked um, Black Ops, though, the first one. The first one was because good. Because of the whole, in the 70s, counter-espionage, and, you know, but... Uh, no, it's changing, man. Now, nowadays, it's all about, you know, uh, all-out warfare, multiplayer. Yeah. But uh-huh. at the same time, I think that indie studios are also filling that gap. They're bridging that gap. And yeah. a lot of these guys who leave the companies that they're working in, start indie studios to stay stable, True. are making money, they're doing well, they're staying profitable some way, somehow. So, yeah, it's, I mean, I like the fact that... This I, is like that. I like that. I like that. So, yeah, um, guys, thank you so much for listening to the 15th episode. I'm going to go on break after this. Yeah, break um, to do adult stuff. Yes, adult <laughs> stuff. Your work is you know, not easy. Um, but keep listening to us keep supporting us keep sharing with your friends mm-hmm. and always listen to all the 15 episodes wherever you listen to your podcast so yeah thank you so much guys yeah guys take it easy thank you alright